Last summer, we learned he's an investigator on that $3 million FAA project with Auburn's National Center for Additive Manufacturing Excellence. Last month? That he'll be researching lead-free defense electronics thanks to a $7 million award from the Department of Defense. His name may be Daniel Silva, but friends, this assistant industrial and systems engineering professor is bringing home the gold. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Greetings, loyal listeners, fans, friends, countrymen. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag Getting the Award Winning. Hashtag Getting the Best Podcast in All of Higher Education. It's been official for years. Yep. <laughs> And, That's uh, it. Speaking of, we're around in, uh, I think, March. Be our second anniversary. Second anniversary. We're coming up. Where and, are we and the first anniversary of and, the right, plague. Right, you know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, my name is Jeremy Henderson. I'm a communications specialist, they say, in the <laughs> Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. Daniel, that is a mouthful. Every time. Every it's awful. time. But you nailed it. That is Austin telling me, uh, giving the kudos over here. That's why... He is the director of the <laughs> aforementioned office. He knows how to make you feel good. Get the best from his people. Well, Gets the well best. I, I'm a, I, I want to know why you didn't wear the blue quarter zip today. You know, me and Marcus, we got the memo. Blue quarter zip, blue jeans. I don't think I have a blue quarter zip. You do. I thought you do. Did. I? We had, Maybe um, I do. You got I, a gray one. I know I got gray. I don't know what this thing is. I found this in a garbage bag last week. <laughs> it it, smell, it smells like it. Well, you definitely don't got the pastels going like our man here. I know, which is bad because I look good in pastels. Well, That's, you got a little pastel underneath. Yeah, no, you, yeah, I, you right. need to, you I need do. To, hey, I do. if you got pastel, flaunt it, Jer. Yeah, yeah. Every day is Easter in my book. You know what I'm talking about? Today we are joined on the best podcast in all of higher, higher education by Daniel Silva. Not an associate, assistant. I was going to assistant professor of industrial engineering here at Auburn University. Daniel, thanks a ton for joining us. Oh, I wasn't going to do my whole thing. I was going to say Anderson Silva and then go, nope, my bad. Do you know who that is? The yeah, it's her player. Yeah. No, no, he's the uh, MMA, MMA guy. guy. Oh, the MMA guy. Yeah, MMA yeah, guy. Yeah. Do you so, ever get confused? Yeah, Silva's a common last name. <laughs> it's the most get... common last name in Portugal, actually. Is it really? Yes. It's like the Smith of Portugal? Yeah. Huh. I could just see the students being like, oh, my God, do you got Silva? <laughs> I hear he's a bare-knuckle boxer. <laughs> he is a big – pulls no punches, uh, that guy. But, um, but uh, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. You are one of our our headline makers. You know, you, you click on a lot of professors' profiles and everything, and, and hey, you know – There's maybe, news stories galore on I know, this one. But, but you, yeah, it's packed down there at That's the bottom. That's it. Doing, we have a, doing we, a lot of work. Because Tyler, our uh, – webmaster <laughs> guy back there he uh he said you know we've got it going now where we can see all the latest stuff and yeah. you click on just the directory yeah chris and, uh, chris anthony's done a great job on the web who? too <laughs> Who's your, your co-worker oh biscuit boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, the yeah. website has certainly come a long way it, since it i started here well, i remember my first semester the website was you know pretty pretty standard stuff yeah, so pretty we, lame you know yeah, and that's a yeah. that's a big push that we've tried to make for the faculty because we know that prospective students um you know fellow researchers around the the globe that you guys are collaborating with you know they're going to be looking at that stuff so it needs to be a repository it needs to be complete absolutely um, so. and and the news component of it is is really exciting you know because it keeps it dynamic it's not the exact same 
you know, same thing over boilerplate yeah. website right. every time you go in, but right. every time you go in, there's a new news story or something there at the bottom. It's, right. it's a lot of fun. Hey, so there's going to be an addition to yours now. It's going to be a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. I'm about to tag that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Get the tag ready. <laughs> so when, when you said when you, you came, when did you uh, come here? I started here in 2016. Okay. Uh, right out of grad school, I got my PhD just uh, up the road at Georgia Tech. Never, Never heard, heard of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Oh, me a Coke. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I, I, I had the, the opportunity to stay in the Southeast and, you know, work with uh, – an exciting college uh and it, it's been great ever since you know now where are you from originally i'm originally from bogota colombia yes yes so daniel i'll tell you a little secret my father oh, from night yeah i'm sure y'all never heard this here we go from, <laughs> from 1993 94 to 2012 my dad worked uh for drum and coal company in columbia so he was in the cesar province i guess yeah. uh north so they were about 50 miles from the venezuelan border closest little village was la loma so back when they started i'm talking dirt roads no electricity uh and mr drummond really built that entire community up hospital schools all kind of stuff so we got to go to cartagena a lot santa Mar- santa marta is absolutely beautiful oh, one of the greatest it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world i tell people again I, I've, I've not been to too many countries i went to switzerland before that was extremely beautiful but columbia is my favorite place on this planet Favorite place on this planet. Me too. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt that. Marcus. Cartagena, San I mean, Marta. Would you it, just let it, me know when you're done? It's a tough call with the loveliest village in the plains. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have our moments here, but yeah. I, we don't have the the coffee. Starbucks has got some good coffee, but it, it's not Colombian coffee now. Sometimes Shakira. it is. Shakira? Isn't that where Shakira's, Shakira's from? from there? Yeah, yeah Shakira's yeah. from there. And yeah, so. Never, uh, well, and, you know, and with, and with Colombia. When we, um, when Drummond started the mine, that was right after Pablo was, uh, was killed, Pablo Escobar. And, you know, I remember going down there as a kid being, you know, I'm, I, I'd only heard the bad things, the cartels, yeah. the kidnapping, stuff like that. I was scared to death. Uh, and I'm here to tell you that's not Colombia. You know, that may have been the, the narco terrorism in the 80s that existed, does not exist. Daniel's here. The, <laughs> the, so. the 80s were a pretty tough time for Colombia. Yeah. But, but things have come a, a very, very long way. I mean, we still have street crime like anywhere right, else. I right. mean, crime rate in Bogota is probably the same as Atlanta or St. Louis. I right. mean, it's not that different. So, when uh, was the last time you were there? Oh, just now. Uh, over the holidays, oh, really? I was visiting the family. Um, you know, it silver linings of the pandemic we got a slightly longer winter break so yep. i got to spend a little more time there than than when i usually visit so that was very nice yeah and we've got a couple other colombian uh sylvia in our business office and her husband uh, jorge and civil they're from colombia so it not not to put any pressure but um when jorge's mother will visit sylvia will bring me some nice colombian cuisine so candy well we'll we'll see what we can do about that and i'm accepting empanadas at all times so no no big deal so so you 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 did your education in colombia yeah i did my my undergraduate education in colombia then i worked uh for kimberly clark corporation for a few years uh but then i decided i i wanted to continue on the educational path and uh i you know i looked for a phd and uh ended up in georgia tech and, you know, when I started the doctorate, I was unsure if I wanted to go back to Colombia afterwards, you know, because they definitely need more, uh, you know, 
people with PhDs from the top universities in the world and all these things. But then when I was finishing, I decided, well, let me let me see if I get, you know, a job that I'm really excited about here in the US. And then, you know, Auburn uh, made me an offer and I was like, well, darn, it looks like I'm not going to go back to Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> not a not a bad place to be though. Yeah. So, I mean, so what 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 drew you to this opportunity? So there's a number of things that I think uh, make make the College of Engineering here very exciting. So I'm I'm in a field of research called operations research, and it's all about mathematical optimization and applying uh, mathematical and computational tools to optimize and support decision making. And there's two paths you can go down if this is your, your field of expertise. You can develop new methodologies, which is the kind of thing my professors at Georgia Tech were great at. And, you know, that's very exciting research, uh, but it's very mathy and it's not really what I wanted to be doing. The other thing you can do is you can apply these techniques and adapt them and modify them and develop new ones for new and exciting applications. And here at Auburn, I thought there was a very collaborative atmosphere in the college. People collaborated within the industrial engineering department. The engineering department was very broad. It wasn't just focused on let's do new algorithms for these things. It was some people are doing uh, operational health and safety. Some people are doing manufacturing. Some people are doing logistics. And there were all these opportunities to apply these tools to all these different problems. And in the broader College of Engineering, you know, I'm, I, I work with NCAME and we apply these tools to, to additive manufacturing uh, and, you know, the, the opportunity to work in all these different fields and bring these tools and these ideas uh, to all these different types of problems. That's that's really where it was at for me. Well, and one of those projects within came, you know, is a is a large what three million dollar mm-hmm. award from the FAA. So, talk a little bit about that project and what all that entails. All right, so that's that's a huge project. Uh, we're looking at a number of things. Uh, one of them, the one I'm most involved with, is variability of additive manufacturing. So, one of the things about additive manufacturing is that it's pretty new. And when you you produce something using additive, it's not as consistent as when you do it using traditional manufacturing. So if you do the same thing in the same machine twice, you may get some variability. If you use a slightly different powder, which is supposed to be the same, but it's from a different supplier, you get slightly different structural and mechanical properties. So like I said, I'm really into applied probability and understanding uncertainty and optimization under uncertainty. So what we're looking at right now is characterizing this variability. Where does it come from and how can we adjust for it when we're setting our process parameters like how fast should the laser move, how much power should the laser have, uh, to achieve, you know, a desired structural characteristic like this much porosity or a mechanical characteristic like this much fatigue life. And if we are able to understand those things, we'll be able to adjust the parameters to get the same thing every time in slightly different machines or from slightly different uh, powders, et cetera, et cetera. So how's that going? Well, it's it's been very exciting. You know, it's it, it's a big team. Uh, we started doing just some literature review, figuring out what's out there. That part is done, and now we've 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 purchased the powder, and we're in the process of 
printing tons of samples under slightly different process parameters. And then, uh, you know, it's it's really Nima Shamsay and his team who, who are leading this. Uh, but then my part and my part with uh, Alex Vinnell and Peter Liu, also in the Department of Industrial and Systems Engineering, comes after that, which is to do this statistical analysis and figure out the exact factors that are related to each of these uh, parameters. And that's, that's, we're looking forward to that, but we, we need all these parts to be printed right. first. You, uh, you do a good enough job. Maybe the FAA will bump you some frequent flyer miles. Get on back <laughs> yeah. down to, uh, Columbia. I was about to say first class on Avianca, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Avianca, like it. So, uh, also, uh, you know, we had another story on some of the work you were doing on, um, you know, looking into the use of drones, uh, oh, yeah, for rural health, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, since like 2013, uh, there has been a lot of press and a lot of buzz about using drones for logistics. Mm. You know, when Amazon came out and they even branded theirs Prime Air, and this is what Prime Air is going to be like. And this was in 2013, eight years ago. You know how many packages have been delivered by Prime Air? None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping that was going to catch I on. I did, too. But I could see the pitfalls of that. And, the literal falls yeah. of that. Oh. And there are a lot of pitfalls. And what we are looking at is, you know, maybe sending the drone into somebody's house was not such a great idea. But that doesn't mean that the drone can't be used. So one project, we just published a paper on it, and we're working on a second one that we're working on right now is, well, you know, the guy who's driving the truck works for us. And... You know, sometimes a last mile logistics operator, for instance, doesn't have all the packages they need to deliver that day at the beginning of the day when the truck goes out. So the truck ends up coming back to the depot several times a day. Well, what if instead of that, we sent the truck out with whatever he has and they start doing the delivery route. And then throughout the day, we send the guy, the driver, more packages using the drone. Now, the only people touching the drone are an expert drone operator at the depot and a trained driver that receives it in a pre-specified location. Now, this is much more realistic because we don't have random Joe working on this multi-thousand dollar drone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sticking his hands into the propellers. Right, right. And really being able to control where, you know, you know exactly who it's going to. You know exactly who it's going to. You you have absolute control of the system. And the interesting thing is, you know, like I mentioned, I work on the optimization side, on the mathematics side. You get very similar savings by doing this than by doing uh, what was originally proposed by an Auburn professor, actually, uh, uh, Chase Murray, initially, which was, oh, the driver will send the drone to do the last bit while he or she delivers one more package, and that way two packages are being delivered at the same time. That's a great idea on on paper, and it may be a great idea in the future. And it was groundbreaking, but what we found is that by cutting out the interaction with the actual customer and only interacting between the depot and the driver, you get practically the same kind of benefit. So... And this is a much more realistic use case. And that's kind of what we're going for. Another one that we're looking at is uh, having drone base stations where you have the truck go to the to the base stations and then the drone maybe delivers to kind of an Amazon locker, that kind of thing. 
And that also would be a more realistic use case than, than dealing directly with the customers who some may live in houses, some will live in apartments, you know, like, how do you even? Well, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, you drop the package at the door. Who knows the dog's not going <laughs> to grab the package and the drone? Oh, yeah. I'd be stealing those things left and right. <laughs> no, that's a bad idea. That's how Marcus <laughs> got his drone. You're and telling I mean, me an Auburn professor came up with the Amazon drone army? idea no they came up with like the original math model of how this would work oh oh, oh. and uh you know it was it was a a huge deal at the time and it still is because it was like the first academic paper on drones for logistics Hmm. interesting well the uh, i think the stuff you were specifically doing what was it it was like a a medical application or something i guess with the rural yeah um, so the reason this came up uh for us was because in rural in particular, uh, that that idea of sending drones directly to people's houses didn't really work out. So the idea was, you know, these places that Alabama has a lot of rural people and they live an hour's drive from a hospital and a half hour's drive from a pharmacy. So the idea of using the drone is that, you know, places like CVS right now will give you home delivery if you live within 10 miles of the store but a lot of people don't but by using the drone we were hoping we can expand that kind of radius and you know that's that's what we're working on right now and we 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 bought a drone and we've been experimenting with it here on campus and around town and it's it's been very interesting because like i said we usually work on 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 the math modeling but when you work with an actual physical drone you learn a lot of things that you can incorporate to the model later. You know, like you you realize, wait, no, this, this isn't going to work. We need to account for more time here. Or, oh, this type of operation where we did these, you know, like a drop-off and a pickup in the exact same location, oh, we can't assume that because it has to be two drone missions because we need to power down the drone in between because otherwise it's dangerous. Things like that. Uh, have really shown up in these field trials. And, you know, this this project, which was funded by Toyota Material Handling and the Raymond Corporation, uh, they were really into the physical part. And to be honest, at the beginning, we were like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. You know, uh, take us away from our beloved <laughs> <Yeah>, right. math. <laughs> uh, but it turned out to be really insightful. So right now we're working on a proposal to to extend this work for for three more years, and and we've made the the physical field trials a big part of that proposal because we've realized you know we can learn a lot from that. Something else that you've been involved with, I was just on a call not too long ago where our faculty is having colloquiums now, and you were the host of it. Yeah, but I can't take full credit for that. The The faculty colloquium is something that's been going on for about five or six years since shortly before I arrived, or maybe more, actually. And there is a representative from, from each department, and we're a team of about, oh, I don't know, 10 people. Uh, I really have to go give a shout-out to Rishan Karagov and, you know, Kelly, Kelly Terry from right. EBO, because they, they really help bring it together more than the rest of us um and it's an exciting thing because we meet you know about every two to three weeks and it used to be up here in the mccartney suite and it's very easy for people to just kind of silo in their own departments right and this was a way for faculty to come together from the entire college and it started out when the big hiring push happened 
new faculty would give these 10 minute presentations about this is who I am, this is the research I like, uh, I'm looking for collaborators in this area. And that spirit is still what it is. You know, it's about bringing faculty together and fostering collaboration. Uh, but now we do, you know, because we, we, we don't hire 20, 30 faculty a year, right. we do other topics. So sometimes we talk about how do we teach during the pandemic? Um, how do we seek funding during the pandemic? Right. And, you know, those have been topics lately, as you can imagine. Do you host it every time? No, no. Okay. Uh, we take turns in our team well, of like uh, eight I, or 10 I'm people. voting for yeah. Daniel to be the, yeah. the permanent <laughs> Alex Trebek. Team Silva. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Time. You're going to get job. me into trouble <laughs> with my colloquium committee members because well, hey, we're all equals. Sometimes <laughs> the truth hurts. And that's <laughs> what we do here on this Guinea podcast. Daniel, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us, for taking the time to, to come on down here. And, uh, yeah, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. And finally, I'm glad glad it finally happened. Yes. No, this this, this has been fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, the podcast is great. Um, and uh, keep keep on doing the good well, work of, you know, letting people know about the stuff that's going on here in the college. It's well, very exciting stuff going we, on. We love to do it. And if you need somebody to accompany you to Columbia – you know, I'm here. I'm willing. My passport's still valid. So, or if just, I need to get rid of some Colombian candy yes, or coffee, any of that. Is, is that a euphemism? Tw- <laughs> <laughs> totally different candy. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no. Are we Twel- on? Twelve ten Shelby. You know where to find me. And like I said, I accept empanadas any hour of the day. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for joining us. Yep, War, War Eagle. Eagle. Thank you, guys.